0: Do you love your dog and yet find yourself frustrated with them sometimes? Have you ever wanted to find a judgment-free space where you could share your struggles with raising a dog? This is the podcast for you. Welcome to the Heart of the Dog podcast, a community of dog lovers working toward helping each other understand their furry friends a little better. Together with guidance from experts in their field, we will explore any and all topics, big and small today on Heart of the Dog.
1: What happens when you put six dogs in a house with two humans? That my friends is an excellent question. Hi everyone. Welcome back to Heart of the Dog. And if this is your first time listening to the podcast, welcome. My name is Mary and I am your dog training best friend back with another exciting episode. This week's episode is very special for me because it's been in the works since before we launched the podcast, and my guest today is a big part of why I make this content. I'll introduce her in just a minute. But first, I need to remind you to kindly rate and review on whatever platform you choose to listen on. Every rating and review helps push the podcast to new people, and we're always looking for new PAC members. If you've already done this, thank you so much. Second, if you would like to financially support this podcast production, you can donate directly through anchor.fm or join our Patreon. Both options are linked in the show notes. And if you aren't in a position to support in that way, don't worry. This podcast will always remain a free resource. Finally, a main purpose of this podcast is to help owners who struggle with dog ownership to feel seen, understood, and heard. And to be honest, I don't feel like the last couple of episodes have resonated in that way. So, I'm looking at changing the format of this podcast. I want to make content that is fun to listen to and educational, but also that makes people feel less alone. There are many different spaces for dog owners online, and some of them are super uplifting, but most of them aren't. It can sometimes feel like a bit of a battle zone, and I don't want to add to that. So. Today's episode is going to be the first in a series of episodes where I talk to dog owners about their struggles and successes with their unique dog situations. If you like this content shift and want to see and hear more of it, or if you don't like the content shift and want us to go back to the old model, please let us know by emailing or reaching out via social media. This podcast is for the listeners, and I want to make content that you all want to listen to. Okay. Now that the business has been handled, let's get into today's episode. My guest today is my dear friend, Laura Lanigan. She is a money mindset coach, the host of the So Lovely podcast, and has recently launched her first online coaching course. Laura is a dog owner and lover. She resides in Ireland with her partner and six, yes, you heard me right, six rescue dogs. Please welcome to the podcast, Laura. Hi, hello. Hello hi laura how are are you you? i'm good how are you i'm good good it's a nice warm day in california i uh i hear you're having a heat wave over in ireland as well
2: yes we are dying at the moment Dying. Like the Irish do not know what to do with the warm weather. And like when it happens, you don't want to work. It's like all of a sudden it's Costa del Ireland. And it's like you just want to be out sunning yourself. Even though that's amazing. About 80% of us just burn and get freckles and we don't actually tan.
1: Yeah, this is that's why the Irish are my people. I do not tan, I burn. Yeah. I burn real hardcore.
2: Yep. Yep. I'd be I'm I'm one of those, and then Kieran, my fiance. He is a golden god. And I'm like, I hate you. I actually hate
1: you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. That's wild. It's wild, like, just how different bodies react to sun. Um, Storm loves sunning herself. She, like, she's one of those dogs. We made jokes as a when she was a puppy that she was actually a cow because of her spots and the fact that she loved laying in the sun. Yeah. You yeah, know, my dog's can't do heat
2: well they like heat but like because this is all of a sudden heat wave and we don't have AC in our like houses or anything it's not a thing over here Um, and we've Uh -uh. we've talked about getting AC in just for the dogs like just in our dog room Mm. so they can cope and manage because you know we have a German Shepherd he's that double coat he it's you walk into our house and it looks like it was snowing because he's shedding so much and I'm like dude come on (laughs) Help us out, please.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, storm got the shepherd coats, like the the thickness of the coats um, from the terrier side, but she got the layers of coats from the shepherd side. So like I have to vacuum my room weekly because they're hardwood floors and it's just like it's storm bunnies everywhere. I, I call them little storm bunnies because they're just like everywhere. And it doesn't matter how many times I wash her, brush her doesn't matter doesn't matter I have to like constantly just <laughs> vacuum I'll, because I'll have
2: to everywhere. um I'll have to send you a, a picture that I took of me doing just a quarter of Mo grooming him and how much hair came off <laughs> it was like a whole other dog for a quarter and I'm like dude come on yeah. calm down
1: yeah <laughs> Shedding, shedding on shepherds and huskies and other like double coated dogs is wild cuz like they they look so big and puffy and then you take all of that undercoat out and like they shrink down so much it's so funny but um well you've mentioned a couple of the dogs why don't you go ahead and tell the listeners all about your pack of 6 rescue pups
2: Gosh, okay, so I mentioned Mo so far and he actually was the first one that Ciaran got. So when Mo came into Ciaran's life, we were not living together at that time Um, and he actually came from a breeder. No, he was like, he came from a a show person who likes to show dogs. So Mo unfortunately has that like super slanted back and suffers really badly Mm -hmm. with his hips as the show breeds do. So he actually was imported because he wanted a dog to show but when he got him as a puppy his jaw was out of alignment and he was we'll just say he wasn't going to keep him and he wasn't necessarily taking care of him like he would his show dogs because when Mo came he was super skinny and he was almost a year old and his name was actually Elmo. Uh, <laughs> hey. if, if you know Kiron yeah Elmo was not going to fly as a name like he wanted to call him like Thor or like some big strong manly name and I was like keep Mo because he'll he'll recognize Mo and so that's how Ciarán got Mo and so he actually stayed out in his dad's house for a while until his dad passed and then Mo came in and joined the pack then but when Ciarán and I did move in together I found that I was in the house an awful lot by myself so I went from like living with my family to like moving into you know, a bungalow and I was, seemed to be there a lot by myself. So we ended up getting a rescue from the local pound that was literally, and I mean literally two minute drive up the road. And that's how we found Arnie or Arnold, if he's getting in trouble, I use his full name. (laughs) (laughs) And Arnie is a Staffordshire Bull Terrier. So he was my first actual dog that like we got and I didn't get it as part of like a family dog. And yeah. Arnie, oh, from like when I was adopting him, we went up to see him and I was actually looking at a another dog on their website. And I was like, oh, this guy is really cute. I think maybe like we'll go up and look at him. But when we messaged him, they were like, actually he's gone, but we have this little staffy. And I was like, it was meant to be. Uh, let's Let's just go up, see him. And I saw him and he was wired. He had been in the pound for, I think a month. I think it was a month and he hadn't been adopted out and he was absolutely wired. And the girl who was like showing us like the dog and everything was like, oh, look at Arnie. And he was, she was like winding him up. But the guy who actually worked in the pound was like, will you stop? Like he was like, we're trying to get this dog out of the pound and you winding him up doesn't help. But we genuinely didn't care. So we actually took Mo with us to that visit and we just did like a mini walk up the road. And the two of them seemed to get on okay. Mo had like a little instant going, dude, you're a bit much. But then we were saying he's in the pound for like over a month and he hadn't been let out to run or anything. Um, right, So right. we took Ernie home uh, a week later and he quite like, on our first visit... When he stopped running around, they let him off like free in the pound vicinity. And he was like running and bouncing off like the different corners of the pound. And then when he finished up that, he literally came over, turned around and just sat on my foot. And I was like, oh, I'm done. I'm done. This guy is so cute. So the day I went to go take him home, I actually brought my niece with me and I said, you're probably going to sit in the back with him because um, I don't know how he's going to travel, you might have to hold him, even though I got him a little dog harness to strap him in and everything. I was like, he could panic in it if he's not used to it. He quite literally jumped into the back of my car to the point in he jumped in, like I barely had the door open. He wasn't even close to the door. My niece had to drop the lead because he just tore to the back of my car and jumped in and actually got caught in the seatbelt. I, I was like, okay. <laughs> and your one was like, oh, well, he's ready to go. And I was like, yeah. So that's Arnie. Arnie is our troublemaker within the pack unfortunately though but he is the, oh he is my he is my everything I I'm going to be truthful and say he's my favorite when he's not causing mm-hmm. trouble <laughs> just the truth um then yeah, shortly yeah. after we got uh is it okay if I run down through like all six and like a bit about their yeah, stories because <laughs> each one of them is yeah, such go a completely yeah, different story um so we had Mo uh, had finally joined us out in our rented home where we were renting. So now we had Mo and Arnie and we technically weren't allowed dogs in the house and Mo was an outside dog while he was living in in Ciaran's dad's house. So when he came out, we tried to keep him as an outside dog because to be honest, I think he preferred it because it was too warm inside and he would always whine and complain. Um, That shortly went away when he figured out, oh, Ciaran's in the house all the time. Um, So <laughs> we... Then I can't remember if I got if we got bear or cocoa next, but I think I think we got bear next. And bear actually came from a fan, family friend, um, who kind of got bear as like this. They had just built a house and they wanted like a big guard dog, and mm-hmm. they wanted something that was intimidating. And a bear was got out of ego by this person, mm. and unfortunately, they had no idea what they were doing. And even though there was, and I, I don't know what I'm doing half the time anyway, but to the point where like, Bear really suffered and experienced a lot of trauma. And mm-hmm. Bear from- And what's to, his breeding? He's a Belgian Malinois. Mm. So Kiron always says he's like a squirrel on quack, crack cocaine half the time. <laughs>
1: <laughs> accurate, accurate description of a Belgian Malinois. Um,
2: and he was- he was great, but they had like, these people had younger children and even as a puppy, he would jump on them and bite them and pull their clothing and everything. Um And they tried to do a bit of training with them, which he picked up very quickly. Like they would mm-hmm. say when he went to the training classes, a dog would go around and Barrow like the, the trainer, whoever was giving the lesson of the group lesson yeah. would have a dog and he would make the dog do the, the command or whatever, and Bear yeah, would yeah. then just automatically do it from looking once. So he was really, really intelligent and he was going to get it. He just didn't know how to manage his own. He, I think he had anxiety from a puppy and I think he came from a puppy farm Um, because Kiran mm. walked in one day. We went to go see him when the puppy came in and he was so defensive towards Kiran so defensive. And Kiran was like, no, it's okay. He tried to just, you know, ignore him and put his hand out to let him sniff him. And just as a puppy, he like straight away went... And that and was yeah, yeah. like, whoa, okay, that's weird for a puppy to do that, but okay. Um But long story short, why Bear ended up coming to us is he actually got out. They never they had him for about two years, and these people never built their gates. So they built their house, built a fence, but didn't have gates. And so yeah. Bear was just let outside of the house. And he had run outside the house before, but he was let out unsupervised and he got out and he bit a neighbor because He's very fear-based and anxiety-based, so he will get you before yep, you yep. get him. In his head, he was like, yep, yep. that that was the thing to do because they, at the time, they had a little terrier and the terrier used to run out, bark, 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 bark at everyone who went by, which then just egged bear on. So that neighbor was insisting that bear would be put down. And I said, just actually, no, I was like, I don't know what to do here because they were like, can you take him? I was like, I have two dogs and I'm renting. And I'm not supposed to have dogs anyway. And I said it to Kiran. And Kiran was like, just, we'll take the dog. We'll take the dog. We'll figure it out. I said, fine. Okay, let's do it. That's how Bear came into our possession. Then we got Coco. So I worked for this company who did door-to-door sales for uh, a charity over here called Dogs Trust. I don't know if you guys have it over there in the States, but uh, it's basically like, a well-known charity over here and I was going door to door basically trying to find people to donate to Dogs Trust and I came across this one particular lady who um had she lived by herself but she had Coco and two other little like teeny tiny little fufu dogs and I don't know what they were because they weren't chihuahuas but they weren't like these Japanese it was like a mixture of the two and she basically told me the story of Coco was she was used for breeding and her son rescued him. She was an older lady as well. Her son rescued her, but her son passed away of cancer. And when her son was passing away, one of the last things he kind of made sure that, you know, was taken care of was like, like she quotes him, like saying, Mom, you have to take care of Coco. Please make sure she's okay. And so she was like I will of course or whatever but turns out like Coco was so hyper and she was like she's a staffy she's a typical bubbly staffy energy and strength to her but unfortunately like this lady just wasn't able to manage her and with her two little dogs she was able to take her two little dogs into work because she owned a flower store but she couldn't take Coco because Coco was just too strong for her so that's how we came mm-hmm. across I was like I'll take her. <laughs> I was like, I have to just step in and help this poor woman because it kind of just seemed like she didn't have anyone to help her. And honestly, like her, like she had just been through a lot and I just felt called to do it. So I went home and took your own. Two weeks later, we went back and we got Coco. And then I can't even remember what brought us to Simba. I think, I don't even know why we thought this was a good idea to be honest and it's so funny how everything happened with Simba as well because we got Simba from the same pound we got Arnie. Kieran had Kieran had seen him. He saw a picture mm-hmm. of Simba and he was this gorgeous like fawn colored pit or red nose pit. I don't know really how you would like this is how bad I am with my dogs and their colors and different things, but he was like, "Oh my god, look." And he sent me a picture of Simba up in the pound and his name was actually Arnie. And I was just like, oh, what are the chances like, you know? And I was like, let's go get him. And Kiran was like, really? And I was like, oh, I didn't think you would. And he was like, I was like, I mean, we could foster him because he didn't seem like the one that was like moving the quickest because he's a pit mix. And Mm -hmm. oh, and Coco's a Staff Triple Terrier as well. I don't know if I mentioned that, maybe I did. But Simba was a pit mix. So I don't know what possessed us to think that we were just going to foster him. The minute we got up there to meet him, Kiran is like, if he comes home, he was staying with me forever. And I was like, right, okay. (laughs) Right. So then we got, we brought up two of the dogs. We actually brought Mo up and then we brought Bear up to go and meet Simba up in the pound and go for a walk to see how they do. And initially, Mo is always a bit funny initially, but then he gets over it and Kieran was like, okay, that's grand. Which in hindsight, we probably should have listened to what Mo was trying to tell us um, because Mo really doesn't like Simba. (laughs) Like really doesn't like him. And uh, Bear was grand. Bear was like, cool, I'm just out and about and I'm on a walk and there's a dog beside me. Awesome. Deadly. Don't like just didn't care. And Bear and Simba are like best friends. And um, we took Simba home. And initially with Simba, everything worked out great. And then I, I suppose we'll get into those stories a little bit later. But yeah. Kiran was like, Yeah, we're not fostering him. Even though I was like, How about we just see? We'll put ourselves down as the foster first and then see how things progress. And then he was like, No, nope, yeah, that dog yeah. is staying with us. And when you get to know Simba, <laughs> you can kind of see why we couldn't give Simba back for love nor money. Because again, he is the <laughs> biggest, the biggest baby ever. And then our final dog that we ended up getting, we actually got last year, was when we moved into our home house, which is Pepper. And Pepper, we say that he claims squatter's rights because <laughs> the family that had Pepper, so we bought this home last year and the family that had Pepper couldn't take Pepper with them to where they were going. And they were actually looking up, so in, I don't know if it's the same for you guys over there, but in Ireland, no vet will put a healthy dog down um, no matter what breed it is or anything like that.
1: I believe that's the same here, yeah.
2: So yeah. it's not like they could go and put Pepper down or anything like that. um. But they were Googling how to humanely put him down themselves. um. Like what medicines they could give him that would be like a human. And I was like, dude, just just leave the dog. It's fine. We'll figure it out. Just just leave the dog here. We're good. We have five. What's one more? And so all in all, oh my gosh. I always say like I'm running a geriatric ward here because roughly, age-wise, Mo is about 10. Like, with the, the two that we got from the pound, we can only kind of guess. Like, we got a guesstimation of what age they were. Um, right. So I would say Mo, Arnie, and Simba are all roughly around 10. Pepper's 12, Coco's 11, a a Coco could be 11 or 12 I'd have to double check and then Bear is our even though he's the biggest he's we call him Baby Bear because he's about five maybe five or six I think um again they're all kind of guesstimations but um yeah that's kind of my pack and how we got him and Pepper has been um quite Pepper is also a Shih Tzu Schnauzer mix so we call him a little shits now (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah so they they all keep me busy and on my toes, and I was even explaining to you, Mary. I was like, there is potential that they could all just like kick off barking because someone's driving in, so you may get to hear them and everything
1: <laughs> i love I love hearing all the different stories that you send me about your pack um so to give our listeners a little bit of a backstory, Laura and I actually met uh through a mutual friend. And, uh, I was telling her about this podcast and about my dreams of becoming a dog trainer and helping all of the dogs around the world. And, um, she was like, I love that. I need a dog trainer. Help me with my dogs. (laughs) And, uh, and so that was kind of how we first became friends, um, and it's just kind of spiraled from there. <laughs> but I constantly get messages about, Mary, the dog's in this. How do I stop that?
2: <laughs> Literally, I'll, I will send her videos and be like, hey, is this behavior okay? And like, it'll be the two shepherds playing. But I have like PTSD from certain things that have happened. And so if I hear it's like shepherds are very vocal when they play. And yes, even though are. to any trainer... They'd be like, oh, they're just playing. That's fine. I'm like, oh, hell no. <laughs> Mary has gotten voice notes where I'm like in the middle of talking. I'm like, oh, shoot. Like, except I do stronger language than that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> then I'll like go to message her back, but she's have sent me a message saying, is everything okay over there? <laughs>
1: yeah well, so storm is as I've mentioned before on the podcast, and as you know uh half German Shepherd, and she is by far the most vocal dog when playing like i and she sounds like she's gonna kill you, like her and we currently we currently live with her um puppy best friend um they met when he was um let's see he was eight months when I got her, so um They've been friends since since I brought her home, and um and they love each other, and they wrestle like they're a couple of lions. Like they they go up on their back legs and they like do the whole like front paws at each other thing, and um it's hilarious. But we had um my roommate and I had guests over last Friday, and they were playing um, board games at the dinner table, and as soon as I came home, Storm kicked into Oh, mom's home. We can play now, because uh, I'm referee when they're playing. I I call it like when when I start to see overstimulation. I'm like, hey, uh, uh-uh, stop, um, break it up, take a break. Um, <laughs> and so Storm was like, oh, mom's home. I can play now. Um. And so you just hear we they were in the middle of a round and you just hear in the front room, yeah. literally five feet away. And the ladies like all turned around and like are looking at her and they look back at my roommate and I and we're like, they're flying. They're playing. It's it's cool. Uh, But they were all very clearly, like, uncomfortable because of how loud Storm was, like, because she does, she sounds super aggressive when she plays. So, <laughs> firsthand, I know, yeah. I know that, Uh, you know, it's a little bit scary when shepherds get real riled up. So,
2: it is, and it's really jarring because something that my shepherds do, and I swear, like... If you ever come to Ireland, I'm like, please help me with this because this drives me <laughs> demented, right? So there's only there's a set of four dogs that we can let out together. But specifically, when I go to let Bear and Mo outside, I have to, have to let them out in the order of Bear, then Mo. Because what Mo will do, and Bear tried to start doing this, but when he knows I'm at the door, I don't like, I like, will keep Mo in and he's not allowed out then if Bear starts to do it. But what Mo will do is he'll go out, circle around and then they like, just like, is like straight away. I'm like, what is your problem? Calm the fuck down. Sorry, like calm the frick down. Like just relax. (laughs) Go out, be normal dogs. And, and it doesn't matter what I do if I try to like make them sit like obviously you know me and I miss certain steps of like the training process which you've kind of been like oh bring it back even further I'm like oh I didn't even know that yeah. but um with them I'm like I'm asking you to sit I'm just asking you to go out easy and I realize especially talking to you recently about Arnie and how more he's been listening to my body language is that I'm literally talking to my dogs like they're my children you know like are they like A human. Like the other day I told Bear, oh my God, you need to find Jesus. Calm calm down. (laughs) Just calm down.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Um, Yeah. I I mean, a lot of trainers you talk to will be like, don't talk to your dogs. And I'm like, I don't know that I really have an opinion at this point in time. Like I get some people are like, well, if you talk to your dogs, then you're just confusing them because like then if you give them an actual command they're not going to listen cuz you're just jabbering at them all the time and i'm like no i talk to my dogs pretty frequently and they still listen when i give them commands cuz they know the difference between hi pretty girl what's up and storm mm. in. like yes there's a tone difference but right. there's also like context difference um and so i don't know it's it's a it's a really weird like It it typically, that advice typically comes from the balanced training side of, of the spectrum. And, and I, I can, like I said, I can see their point. I can see the, the point of like, you know, dogs don't understand English. And so, you know, talking at them all the time is potentially confusing, but I'm also like, eh, I don't know that it really hurts anything. I, Mm. I don't see anything wrong with, with, uh talking to your dogs but maybe that's because i'm a single person who lived with her dogs alone during a pandemic so
2: (laughs) and i feel like those people who are saying don't talk to your dogs it's quite literally impossible when you own a terrier we have two staffies (laughs) and a little shits now and if you correct okay one like at least two of them if i'm like what is your problem they will literally quite literally bark back at me like pepper is constantly yeah. <laughs> if i walk into the room he's giving out to me and i'm like what's wrong with you like what did i do but walk into this room like
1: <laughs> <laughs> um I, I heard the other day somebody was like um somebody was talking about dogs in the context of manifestation and like um aligning with with your higher self um And they were like, yeah, have you ever walked into a room and your dog just kind of gives you this look like you again? And they were explaining that it's because dogs are always aligned with their highest selves because they're not like they're they're always grounded. They're always like aligned with that version of themselves. And um, they were like, yeah, and so then you come in with your bad vibes or your, you know, maybe, you know, you spilt coffee or something and you're just like not in a mood and they're like, ew, why are you disturbing my vibes over here? <laughs> um, so I thought that was a really interesting, uh, an interesting take on on animals and spirituality.
2: I get that, though, because I feel like my dogs have taught me a lot about energy and I'm slowly learning a lot more because when I got Arnie like I don't know his background I don't know where he came from all I know is he came with a couple of scars and he was in the pound and we you know my my intention with all of my dogs is just to give them a better life to give them a chance give them a second chance you know and when I got Arnie was right before my family business um before not my family business but the family business basically closed down. So just a super quick background of how I became a mindset coach is that I actually have anxiety and depression and that kind of all stemmed from going through like the closure of my family business, my father-in-law passing away, my dad getting a diagnosis of dementia and everything kind of just boiled up. And then I had like a mass, I just hit a boiling point where ultimately I had to go and get help with my anxiety. And I was experiencing, like looking back, yes, I had anxiety my whole life. And it's very, very obvious. But at the same time, it wasn't a thing back then to be like, oh, these are signs and symptoms of anxiety that you can go and get help and get help you manage your emotions and different right. things. And so I had got Arnie maybe two, two or three months prior to all of this happening. And mm-hmm. when I started experiencing and having panic attacks, Arnie, and like these are things I never fully experienced before to the level that they were, Arnie would come over and lay on me. And he's normally very yeah. boisterous. He's very in your face, like doesn't respect personal space whatsoever. Like when he licks you, his like big gob is open and he's big and sloppy and not gentle. He like, he, he means to be, be gentle, but he doesn't know how to be. He's like a little tor- like tornado made of bricks is how I describe Arnie. <laughs> and, but yeah. like he has, he's really, really sweet. But... Whenever I would get into these like literal panic attacks where I was like hyperventilating, crying, he would come over and lay on me and give me the softest of licks. The softest. Mm-hmm. And it would instantly just like pull me out and be like, Oh, he's so cute and I'd be crying about how cute he is, how cute he is rather than what I was upset and panicking about before. And yeah, my panic yeah. attacks even happened in while I'm like in my sleep and which I didn't realise until I would wake up and I would have like tears streaming down my face. But I would wake up because Arnie is lying on my chest and giving me the softest of kisses again. And he's continued to be that dog who just supports me that way. He's had no training. He's never been taught, but obviously my energy is telling him something different. Um, And so, and just each one of them like feeds off my energy in such a different way. Like Mo knows when Kiran is in the house, he's like... The boss man is out so it's time to oh, yeah. let loose so mo knows when i'm like mean business and he yeah. knows when i don't and then he knows when to play on that you know they they read you so well
1: right yeah no it's it's dogs and energy are are um you know a really interesting thing um one of my favorite books to reference, um, is your dog is your mirror by Kevin Bean, And, um, and in the book, he breaks down like his, um, he is, uh, a bit more of a force free, I would classify his training style as more force free. Um, but his, his training method is called natural training and he essentially uses the dog's natural instincts to try and counter condition, um, away behaviors that he doesn't want to see or his clients don't want in their dogs. Um, but he, in the book, he discusses how, um, your dog is emotional, is an emotional mirror to you. Um, and he has found over his several years of, um, training with dogs and um he actually grew up his father um was john Bean, who is one of the very first um protection dog trainers in america his his dad founded the canine college i think is what his dad's training camp was um, but so he was raised in and around dogs he was raised in dog training and so he um unequivocally has a literal lifetime of experience with dogs um and he talks about how, like, nine times out of ten, when people see behavioral shifts in their dogs, it's because their dog is picking up on some sort of resol- unresolved emotion in that human at the very base level of of their uh, what he calls energetic battery. Um, and he has several examples of of what he means by it. One of the big ones um, that really sticks out in my mind um, is a really interesting case study of a, a woman who had a, he was a big dog. I want to say he was a Cane Corso or another large type of dog like that and um, lived in New York City or another big area like that. And, um, one day just started reacting to taxi cabs. Um, and they couldn't figure out, they like thought about, well, has he ever seen somebody he leaves, leave through a taxi cab? No. Has he ever, you know, had a bad experience with a taxi cab? No. And they, they keep working and he gets the dog to, to become non-reactive and neutral to the taxi cabs. Um, by teaching the dog to basically hunt with him instead of against him by using his natural training method. And it's um, it's a fascinating story. Um, but he gets the dog to stop doing the, the reactive behavior, which the owner brought the dog to Kevin for. And then the owner stops holding up the training on her end of things. Um, And he came to find out later on after she had basically gone no no contact and and stopped training um, that she had been assaulted in a taxi cab several years before getting the dog. And um, so his his guess is that the dog was then reacting to some sort of underlying fear or discomfort with taxi cabs because of that experience. Yeah. And he has a lot of he has a lot of other stories like that in the book. It's a very, it's a very interesting book if you wanna hear um different theories about about why dogs behave the way they behave. Um it's a really interesting read. So with that, we're gonna take a really quick break to hear from our sponsors. When we come back, we'll hear more about Laura and her pack of six. And we're back. Um, so yeah, I love I love when dogs and, um, energy become a theme. It's, um, (laughs) it's honestly one of my favorite things to study because it kind of defies some of the, um, more prevalent, um, dog theories. Um, it's just, it's really interesting when, um, when energy very clearly is, like, the driving force. Um, and I don't mean energy as in like. Energizer bunny. I mean energy as in like. Um, um, how do I want to describe this? Well okay. So a really good example. Uh, Storm has reactivity issues. I've mentioned that plenty of times. Um, on the podcast. And. Um, she. She. Around the beginning of this year, when she was going through her her really big health crisis and wasn't feeling well um she got really really leash reactive, like lunging, snapping um and she's only about sixty three pounds sixty five pounds when she's healthy, but she was down to fifty five when they hospitalized her and i I couldn't tell you like how much she weighed at this point in time, but it was probably somewhere between 50 and 60 pounds. So she was still pretty underweight. And, uh, but she's, uh, you know, she's a staffy pity combo. And so she's got the muscle of those terrier, those bull terrier breeds. And when she decides that she wants to pull, she pulls and it's, if you're not ready for it, it's strong. um, (laughs) <laughs> As I'm sure you've experienced plenty of times. Um, and so um, I had been, I'm no stranger to using aversives. So I had been using her prong and it wasn't really fixing the problem. Redirecting wasn't fixing the problem and it could have been my timing. I'm really not sure. Like in hindsight, there was a lot going on at that point in time and I was, you know, I was doing my best to do my best and um, I'm sure I was making mistakes along the way. Um, But it just, the system wasn't working. I wasn't getting, she wasn't getting any less reactive. Um, She was just learning to avoid. And so she would then run into me, which would then trip me. And that's a safety hazard. So while listening to Kevin's audio book, I decided I he had said something, and I I couldn't tell you what exactly what chapter I was on or what exactly he said. Um, but he broke down um, reactivity in electrical terms, and I am a theatrical electrician, and so electricity makes a lot of sense to me. Um, and it's a lot easier for me to cl- connect two dots. Oftentimes, when things are broken down in a technical spectrum, and so. Um, he talked about how if you think of a dog as a battery, all batteries have a positive and a negative terminal. Um, And so that's why some dogs, when they meet head-to-head, don't like it. And they would rather meet head-to-butt because it's two positives or two negatives meeting. And, you know, when you do that with a battery, you either get sparks or you get, you know, with magnets, you get repulsion. It's – you can think of it in – in all of those types of scientific terms, but it, it, nevertheless, no matter what you transition this positive and negative charge to, you know, with a magnet, it repels if it's, if it's chart, if you're facing two of the same charges together. So he broke it down like that. And I was like, Oh, all right. That makes sense. And then he talked about how, um, reactivity and sometimes aggression is a leftover Charge that did not get processed properly. And he goes on to talk about how every time a dog interacts with any other being, a dog, a person, a cat, a squirrel, anything, the dog is obtaining a charge and there is a transfer of charges between those two beings. And if a dog is put in a situation where the charge cannot be either equally bounced back or safely discharged. That creates a buildup and that is part of what causes reactivity in his model. And so I got to think about it and I was like, well, okay, Storm has been attacked. She's also very fearful. And the combination of those two things are probably a good part of why she has that that residual charge in her. So what can I do that would be a way for her to discharge that charge in a safe and conductive manner that will help teach her that it is safe to be around other dogs on lead because I'm not going to let anything happen? Um, because sometimes reactivity and I, I shouldn't say sometimes most of the time reactivity is also a a sign of um lack of confidence in the handler. Um because you didn't stop something bad from happening to them the first time. So they're like, What are what good are you? Um I have to protect myself. And um and I don't I don't mean to say that to hurt anybody's feelings, but that that is a big part of reactivity is that they think that they have to react in order to protect themselves from whatever X, Y, and Z bad charge they or negative experience they had beforehand. Um and so I was like, okay. And so I I decided Storm is super um pack-driven and somewhat prey-driven, but her her prey drive depends mostly on if she gets to interact with me. Um, she really just wants to, like, she wants to play with me. That's her big motivator. She doesn't really care about food, which, I mean, um, we found out earlier this year she has IBS, so that makes sense. If if food was attacking me from the inside, I wouldn't really love food either. Um <laughs> and so um so her big like she she'll take treats but they they have to be pretty high value for her to actually want to do something for them um and so i was like well i'm not i can't let her off leash because she is reactive and it's not safe for her or other dogs if i do that and it's not responsible so i can't bring any sort of like fetch toys because when she wants to run, she wants to run, um, her, she's, um, an FCAT competitor and her current fastest time is around 23 miles per hour. So like she runs, she runs decently fast. Um, and so, um, it, it just wasn't, I was like trying to think. And, um, so I decided that I would continue to use the prong, to get her attention when she would fixate on a dog, but instead I would ask for her to leave it and look at me instead. And if she did that, if she could walk by another dog calmly, then I would jog with her for like 30 seconds afterwards. And at that point it was kind of like, well, what's the worst that could happen? She's already reactive. I already have to like manage this behavior anyways. And jogging with her to try and help her outlet that charge and also reinforce the calm behavior can't make it worse, (laughs) you know. Um, And so I was like, well, let's try it. So um, we did it for about a week. Um, I think the total time that I actually used this technique with her was roughly two and a half to three weeks. The, after the first week, um, we were at a park with some friends and she willingly played with another dog for the first time in months. Like, um, and he was a dog we knew, like he was a dog we were there with and, um, and she even, like, entertained the idea of playing with a dog that she didn't know at this park. Um, No reaction, no hackles, no growling, no, you know, nothing. She was perfectly fine. And other, like, to the point where other owners were like, oh, my gosh, Mary, she just played with another dog. I and I was like. Look at her go. Mom is so proud. It's exciting. <laughs> um and and like your dog doesn't need to play with other dogs but like she used to play with other dogs all the time and so to be able to see that part of her come back out and to see her like get excited to play with an- another dog was was really warming to me like it was very like okay i'm on to something here like i've i've made progress somewhere in that little little brain of hers um and so all of that is to say that the cross section of of dogs and energy is a really fascinating um, fascinating topic. and I really love, um, I really love looking into it and exploring it because I think there is something to um, to Kevin's model. I think it's really, um, I think it's a really creative approach to, solving bigger problems of of you know the dogs having behavioral issues and obviously you can't do that with every dog because some dogs have bite histories and things like that but i think it's um i don't know i just think it's really fascinating like even just
2: yeah even with you saying that story it reminds me of a story with bear specifically so bear is reactive to other humans who are trying to come into his safety net which is his house is like our property whatever so that's huge and um when we walk bare we walk walk him with a halty and you know stupid owner not knowing like ignorant mistake is that when we first used the halty we actually brought him on a walk away from home like we put him into the car we went to the castle park and we went and we were like yeah we'll just use it it'll be grand now Thankfully, it took him like all of like two minutes and then he was like, oh, I don't care. I'm walking. So I'm out of the house and this is fun. Great. Now, when I was doing that, we had Mo, yeah. who is, I know he shouldn't be. They should all be on same level. But Mo is boss man to all the other dogs. Yeah. Moe is the one who will put them all in their place type yeah. of thing. Um, the only dog who <laughs> has a say over Mo is Coco. And Miss Coco is our only female and she tends to bully them off chairs and all sorts. She'll just jump up on top of them and they all just move straight away. They, they don't even question her. Um, so we had Mo and Bear in the in the park that day. Uh, and we don't necessarily have dog parks. We just have like areas to go with our dogs and you're supposed to keep them on leads, but owners do different things, you know. Um, and so Ciarán yeah. had, had gone and I was able to walk Bear on that walk and have control of him because of the halty. And I was like, this is great because a a big problem with Mm. all of our dogs, Bar Coco, is that I, it's just like literally by the end of the walk, my shoulders are killing me or my arms are killing me and it just wasn't enjoyable. And I was like, this is great. I think I could bring Bear by myself to the castle park and go for a walk with him, which would be great for him because it gets him out and gets him to see that other people are not big and scary. The thing is... With Ciarán on that walk, for me and my anxiety, which is I have like social anxiety, so going out to places by myself is a big thing, right? So I had just gotten, like I had stayed in my house for six months and the only places I went was literally to the doctors and first a spin in the car, like didn't want to interact. So this is like me and a little bit of exposure therapy and like just showing myself I could do it. And in my mind, this is something simple. And then I was like, I'll bring Bear because I'll feel safe in the kind of wooded area with Bear. I'll just feel safe kind of like having a big dog that people be like, oh, I won't touch him. And not thinking of how my energy, first of all, will affect Bear. And then secondly, how Bear would feel without his safety net, which is Kiran and Because Bear is always within a pack. He always mm. has other dogs to feed off of and kind of he's very much like, oh, you're reacting? Okay, I'll go and I'll sort that out then. Um and Kiran for me in the moment when we were in the park was like Kiran is ultimately the, the alpha of our pack. You know, like we look at it, the dogs see Kiran, he's the boss man, the and like it, it's obvious. Kiran just like all the dogs are so drawn to him. Like it's so funny because Kiran has like we go to lie down or we go to sit down on the couch or something to watch TV and we could have like a couple of dogs up and then me and then we're all wanting to lean into him and the, and Kieran is like can i just get 5 minutes without like <laughs> someone needing to touch me <laughs> like no we all want to cuddle into you it's sorry <laughs> you make us feel good um, and so this particular time when i went to the park Bear was like freaking out and he was trying to fight the halty and I was like, okay, he'll get into it. It'll be fine. It's probably made just new. Again, ignorant dog move that I was like, hmm, maybe I should practice this more at home to really get him used to it. Um, To be fair, he kind of started getting okay, but then we started just passing people. And now, okay, at the time I was like, no, I'm fine. I can walk here. They're just people. If someone says hi, just say hi back, You know, you know, all in my head. Bear started, yeah. the, the guy who's normally going for people started like shying away from people to the point where like we were walking on the footpath and there's a big, large green path, like grass area where he like leapt out of the way. I could not walk past these two people because he like leapt to my left. and was like on the grass wow. and just like stood there like, wow. are we meant to be walking past these people because these people, and like they, they weren't engaging with us. They didn't have a dog. They were literally just two humans out for a walk. And I was like keeping my distance too, you know, <laughs> didn't want to be around people. I'm trying to get better. Um, And Bear was doing this. I was like, what is going right. on? So no, we pass, we, we eventually pass them. They're like, oh, he's a bit nervy. I'm like, yeah, he's just, he's a bit reactive that way. And, you know, I'm trying to be like, please don't come any closer because I won't be able to hang on to him otherwise. And I don't know how to manage this because I've never experienced this with him. So anyway, right. eventually they passed. He, right. I was like, Bear, you're fine. Like, come on, don't be silly. You know, at the same time, like, dear God, dog, what are you doing? Like, I'm trying to just like not engage with humans and you're causing all the attention. Um, And so we walk on a bit and I go in the morning as I was going in the morning specifically to avoid a lot of people, you know, yeah. and again, we passed another yeah. guy with this guy actually had like a guitar on his back and he had like bags and stuff on him. So they were making noises. So as he was walking by, Bear was actually on the side where he was, like where that guy was, but we were still a good distance apart. And I was like, well, I don't want him to jump out into the grass again and like nearly like tear off, you know, I was like, I'll keep him beside me, big mistake, because he literally ran me Hmm. over to get away from this guy. And I literally, because I'm like, I can't mm. let go of my dog. My dog is reactive. Like, <laughs> I'm the only one here. And, you know, Bear's a Belgian Malinois. He's, He's big and strong. He's maybe not as strong as, like, the Staffies or the Pit or whatever. But at the same time, like, you know. um. So I remember, like, doing, like, a little roll in the grass. And, like, on one of the rolls, I just, like, stood back up and had the dog again. And your man turns around and was like, did you just fall over? I was like, it all happened so fast. So I don't know what happened, but Yeah. <laughs> And then I was like, so like <laughs> you can imagine my social anxiety, the fact that I like fell and everything. So the rest of the yeah. walk was just horrendous. Yeah. I had to stop so many times, tell Bear to sit, st- like just heal. He just wasn't listening. And I remember going home yeah. to Kiron and I just bawled and bawled and bawled. Yeah. And I was just like, I'm trying so hard. And then this and then it wasn't until Kiron was like. Like he was like, Laura, I'm not, I'm not trying to be mean, but he was maybe feeding off your energy a bit. And I was like, but he doesn't do that for you. And Kieran was like, because I don't give a shit what people think about me and I don't mind going out in public, you know? So yeah. in that moment, I was just like, yeah. and he was away from Mo, So I not only took him away from his home where he feels safe, I took away his other two safety things, which, which is Mo and Kieran And then I gave him me and I was relying mm. on him to keep me safe, you know, that kind of way. So he's like, yeah. t- he was almost like, mm. yeah. No, this isn't going to work for me. <laughs> yeah, um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to say no. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So safe to Heart say, bless. I <laughs> didn't go on a walk solo with Bear ever again. <laughs> and that's that's the thing with me is that oh. we don't walk our dogs because our walks are not enjoyable. And then, oh, yeah. uh, knock on effect to that yeah. is that then that causes behavioural issues because they're not getting the exercise. One that they it's almost like a reward that they enjoy. Like they love going on walks. Um yeah. but it's just too hard to walk them all all together anymore. And Kieran has had some health issues over the last year, so he hasn't been physically able to hold all the dogs like he used to. Because Kieran would start off the walk and he would walk okay. all the dogs and I would walk Coco. And like we didn't have pepper. We'll say like say we didn't have pepper at the stage. He would walk Bear Moe. Arnie and Simba, and all I would take is Coco, and he would like walk him onto like that first burst of energy kind of died down, and then I might take one of the dogs off him, but because he' yeah. just hasn't had it in him because of his health yeah. issues, and I'm like, well, I'm not walking the dogs by myself because I have PTSD and I'm not walking dogs like certain dogs together, and then I have a fear then if I do run into other dogs, not all of my dogs are reactive, but they all can pull. And if they pull me across the road or they pull me into a situation, I'm not saying I would let that happen. Like I do have a background with like having my own horses and different things. So when I need to be sturdy and strong and, you know, a bit hardy that way, I can be, but I also don't want to do that because that is just pure misery. So then that causes behavioral issues at home because they're not getting what like certain needs met through that exercise so then when we go to throw a ball or anything um it's like injuries galore it's like literally a geriatric ward like someone pops a hip or a disc or something and I'm like dudes stop so run for the ball and slow down (laughs) my dogs tend to run and then stick their nose down and then do flips and somersaults so and then we were also told by a trainer that if you kind of have hyper dogs like my dogs are that throwing a ball actually doesn't help exude the energy you think they're exuding because it's something to do with their like cortisol levels or something. It's like you're giving them this high. And so they they just want to keep going because this is so fun. So when they're done, they're like, well, that wasn't like mental work. That was just me running. And now my brain still needs like engagement that way. So yeah, yeah. Our house has been fun over the last couple of years with, (laughs) yeah. And you see, that's the (laughs) problem is that another thing is is that not only are people unaware that energy is so huge with dogs and how they pick up on your energy and that they are a reflection of you like i always say my house is chaotic because i'm probably chaotic myself but on top of that it's it like they need more they're not just something you like like a toy you pick up and then you just leave and they'll be grand just tell them to get into bed and that's it they actually need that like mental stimulation they need the exit they're like a human like if we need it they need it you know they might need it to Mm -hmm. the extent we need it but they need it too and unfortunately a lot of people don't see it that way and so their dogs again build up like like my ones have uh behavioral issues but the problem doesn't stem with the dog it stems with the person and something that I really struggle with right now is I hear any type of commotion I'm like a ball of tension and I'm like oh my god did someone let the wrong dog out with this dog because mm. with my lot, like as you know is that bear so bear mo cocoa and pepper can all go out together bear can go out with Simba Arnie can't go out with any dog anymore. We used to have one or two he could go out with, but he cannot go out with any of them anymore. Even Coco, even though they like lie into each other and cuddle into each other, I just don't do it because I cannot cope anymore. Simba is kind of the same. I have the same feeling towards Simba, but he does love bear. Like truly the love fest is real. It's ridiculous. Um, And so it's, it's constant musical chairs. So if there's four of them out... I have to yeah. make sure that either one of them is over this side of the house with me and then the other one's in the crate. And then I have to do a swap around because then I have to let the other one out of the crate and bring him over this side, put the other one in. And it's just like a constant, like constant, like musical chairs happening all day long. And you have to make sure certain dogs aren't out together. And yeah, it's crazy.
1: Yeah, um, you said a lot of really good things. and And I want to touch back on what the trainer told you. The trainer that you talked to has a point um, w- regarding like just throwing a ball. Um, there's a, I wouldn't, I don't know how to classify it. There, There is a emerging problem where people are over-exercising their dogs at a really young age and they're creating essentially cardio machines that just run for hours. Um, and then the dog still doesn't like chill at the end of the day. Um, and a lot of that has to do with mental stimulation as you, as you mentioned. And, um, and so what I've, I keep trying to film it and it, it's every time I go to film, it doesn't turn out right, or it's too long of a clip or it, like just doesn't work um, in, a, in a shorter condensed version it might just need to be something I do for YouTube I'm not sure but um, something I do with the girls that I started doing a while ago um, because I was tired of spending hours at the park um, was I make them work for the toy that I'm throwing so Storm um, Storm is between the two of them is much more like Glued to me when when I'm working her, um, Jubilee is still like kind of twitchy and uh, half in her own brain. Uh, depends on the day and which brain cells winning. Um, <laughs> um, I I love her. I love her to death. But she's that girl's got two brain cells in her head. Sometimes I'm like, <laughs> which one's uh, winning? The doper. Mary, or the I, I think I you need to
2: understand else. that I have again irony who is a tornado of bricks. And he has <laughs> literally run headfirst into yeah. a wall. He forgot to jump. He just ran straight into that wall, and I'm like, the amount of times I have to go to the vests oh, with these dogs is ridiculous.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, but um, but yeah, no. So the, I mean, the girls have a set of commands that I will work them with, and I I try to add more in once they start getting used to the pattern. Um, but I'll start with like sit down stay. Uh, we've de- we've started working in heel with like stop as a command. Um, something that Morgan um, Lamella, the first trainer I ever worked with, um, taught us in um, in class was you need to have an emergency command to emergency down command so that if for some reason, like, let's say you get separated from your dog, they're across the street and a car is coming instead of bolting towards you, you need to be able to say down or stop or whatever your command you want it to be is, excuse me. Um, so that you can prevent them from getting hit by a car or, you know, something equally as bad. Um, and so what I work with the girls on is, um, I'll put them in a heel and then I'll say stop. And they know stop means to stop and sit. And then, um, I'll keep walking and then I'll ask them to heal and catch up. Um, and so we've been working that, but I work them, I work them with tricks and I make them work for their, for their throws, which tires them out within a good, like 30 minutes, like a good 30 minute session. They're like done for, for the first half of the day. Um, so that is a way you can do both cardio and mental stimulation. Um, it's kind of incorporating, you know, training into toys or playtime. Um, so that's, that's my only note to what that trainer told you is, yes, that is, that is a fair statement and uh, you have, there are ways to like work around it. Um, but yeah. Um, but yeah, your your lot is a wild lot. <laughs> um, yeah, I really oh, need to for come sure. <laughs> and when you come over, you're going to be like,
2: "Oh my gosh, how can I get out of here fast enough?" <laughs> um,
1: I I would be willing to wager money that when I come over, your dogs will be behaving. And, and in I a believe
2: day. that because I truly see me as the issue. You know what I mean? Because I'm. I, um, again, like a, what I was saying is that I tend to want a certain result and I see the result I want and I'm like, oh, I'll just like tell them to do that. Or I will like, you know, like say, for example, if I wanted a dog to sit yeah. or something, I, uh, Actually, no, I'm going to use the example that you that we were working on the other day where I was trying to get them to like just sit at the door and I would like try just hold a foot out or something while I keep the door open to try them not just like dart out every time they see a door. And I was already starting at the door and like me opening it. And you were like, mm, there is, let's go back about 20 steps yeah. there. <laughs> let's just take it way, way, way back. And, you know, I'm missing all of these other steps. So the dogs aren't understanding what I want for them. They're like, dude, all I ever do is run out this door. Yeah. Why are we stopping this now? Like, I'm not getting what you want here. And regardless if you make me sit and wait for two seconds or not, I'm still going to tear out this door because it's a door and it's open. Um, So I fully understand that. And even to the point of like, Ciarán is very comfortable having certain dogs up with irony and I'm just not And so my instant reactions now, they used not be like this. This is the thing. And this is why I have six dogs is because they used not be that way. But now my reactions is sheer panic. And like in the moment, if any of my dogs, so like I've had a couple of instances, um, I suppose to give a little bit of a background is like I've had a couple of instances with my dogs specifically kind of Mo, Arnie and Simba have had all very very big fights and i know now how to uh, not how to stop them but if they're in it i know that certain breeds lock their jaw and you literally have to hold until they release i didn't know that at the start and so yeah because all of these situations have happened my reactions are just literally adding fuel to the fire so whenever Kieran even suggests walking dogs mm. together, I'm like, no, no, can we not do that? And then we're on the walk and I'm like, Kiran, that dog is too close. And he's like, you need to calm down because they're just going to feed off your energy and they're going to think something's wrong. So yeah. I'm aware of it yeah. and I know I probably need to go like get therapy for this or something, but it's just it is so hard to overcome, especially because when you're your own block in life and then now you're your own block for your dogs. It's like, oh my gosh, as a <laughs> mindset coach, like I'm constantly working on my mindset and, you know, I I can, yeah. I know how to overcome anxiety for me and overcome certain fears and insecurities and, you know, challenges that I, me as a human is facing because I can communicate with myself and I understand myself and, and I can share those experiences with people. Right. So there's my strength. I'm really, really good. Yeah. At helping other people feel good about themselves and know that it's okay how they react to certain things however I don't know how to like say to my dog hey dude I get you're reacting this way but you're kind of being a drama queen can we just rein it back in a second and like maybe we could behave this way instead whereas I'm like that's where I come in. yeah and, and that's where I come in. honestly I say this to Mary all the time like when she <laughs> comes over she's gonna get such a culture shock because I feel like it's an Irish thing and I could be wrong and I don't want to put this on on all Irish dog owners and this is probably (laughs) really unfair but a lot I feel like I've seen a lot of people like you would just yell like I'd be like bear like it's a proper like growl and you shout at them from a distance or like um it's just like you know a lot of give it up stop that you know and even when I experienced the first like, pro- and I've seen dog fights, and I've gone out and been like, hey, 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 hey and like, you know, kind of clapped away and the dog separated. This time, like, I didn't obviously own certain breeds that they literally can't let go until they release, and so I went yeah. out and I was like, what the hell is going yeah. on? And, it, and I went out and I always say only for Mo was out, and Mo was like probably, you know, not helping with he was basically pinning Simba down like trying to stand on Simba's neck while spiting him, but the fact that he made the movement to stand on Simba's neck gave me the ability to pull Mm. Arnie away. And it was almost like Mo was holding Simba, I was holding Arnie, and then we got a break. And then I had to take Arnie off of Simba. Mm. And then as Arnie is still trying to fight me and like we're now all covered in blood and everything and I'm literally holding onto a back leg and trying to grab him by the scruff, Mo and Simba are like kind of going at it outside and I'm trying to like get Arnie inside and I'm at home by myself because Kiran is working nights and he had just gone into work he was only in like an hour or two and now I'm going back outside to now try separate a shepherd and a pit so the shepherd will release for me and he's like willing to like back the hell off but the pit has to let go and the shepherd isn't going to stop biting him till he stops Um, so that was like a whole experience so I I'm very good in the moment now because when it happened the second time, you think at that point, you think at that point, I was like, hmm, that was a big thing that happened. I really need to figure out what happened here, analyze the situation, get maybe a specialist in and get a trainer in and see where we're going wrong and why this all kicked (laughs) off. No, no, no. I was like, no, these dogs will get on. Like, I don't know what's wrong with them. What is their issue? And we carried on as if nothing happened because Kieran was like, and even Kieran and his ignorance Mm. is like, you can't make a thing out of it. I'm like, well, it was a thing. And anyway, ignorance is bliss do you know what i mean and yeah. so when the second fight happened yeah. and i specifically when Kiran would go into work i would keep them separate and a fight kicked off because it was a really really hot day and i was trying to feed the dogs and i would normally set they're all separate when they eat but i had the two shepherds outside and they mm. were eating at different places um and then I had Simba somewhere else. But whatever happened, Mo got out and was able to get into where Simba was. And he kept trying to sneak over like, hey, what you got there? So Simba was just like, literally went to go scare him off to back off. This is my food. Like, let me eat. Yeah. And um, yeah. Arnie came in. Arnie decided, oh, there's something's kicking off outside and mum left the door open. Came out and just oh, no. kicked it all off again. I'm like, her. Oh, no. And this is like a few weeks later. And again, by myself, no one around. And I specifically was keeping him separate while Ciarán wasn't around. And at that stage, I was like, fuck this now. And I grabbed a hurl and I started trying to hit the dogs with a hurl. Um, which, again, I understand isn't the correct thing. Like I'm adding more aggression to the situation. But I thought if the guy saw me, because normally if I'm giving out, I'll bang a counter. or I'll make noise to get them to stop being bold. Um, I obviously know better now after everything that happened. And even at that, I was like, I was screaming. I was out in the country, like literally screaming for help because now I have two bulls and for the life of me, I cannot pull them apart. And all I could do was literally grab Arnie by the back legs and pull him across the yard, drag him across the yard until I got to a door with Simba still hanging on to him and until Simba released whip him inside the door. So now I know, and I've, like, Kiran looked up videos and stuff, and now we know when dogs start fighting like that, you need to, like, literally grab them and just hold them till they release, and then you can separate them. But, like, it took two previous yeah. really, really bad fights to get to that point. So, yeah, it's been... it's We've had a couple of wild stories, Mary, yeah.
1: <laughs> 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 yeah, but I think it's important to, like note that, um, you know, this, this kind of stuff does happen and there's no shame in not knowing there, there's only, you know, making sure that you don't let it happen again. Making mistakes happens. Humans make mistakes all the time. Um, I- In a previous life, when I worked on cruise ships with um, magicians and and other performers like that, um, one of my favorite performers I've ever worked with, lovely human named Charles Bach, um, he he was famous for saying around the ship, um, it is a mistake the first time it happens. And if it happens again, then you didn't learn your lesson the first time. And I... I was, like, I remember being 25 and being completely, like, out of my depth and on ship and just, like, terrified that, you know, something had gone wrong during the magic show. Because, like, as a stage technician working a magic show, like, your job is super important because if you do something incorrectly, you could potentially blow the secret. Um, and like part of your job is to, you know, you are within the magician's confidentiality and you learn how some of the illusions work. And, um, and, you know, so you, you have this trust and if you mess up sometimes, depending on how the trick is staged or how the illusion is staged, you can blow the illusion if you're not careful. Um, and I remember he said that to me after I made my first mistake on his show. And I was like, I'm so sorry, Charles. I, I really didn't. I'm I i I'm so sorry. And he was like, Mary, did you mean to do it? Did you do it on purpose? And I was like, no. And he was like, then it was a mistake. Don't let it happen again. Because if it happens again, you didn't learn your lesson. And I was like, wow, that's a good point. That's a good point, Charles. <laughs> um, so I, I always try to like take that lesson with me throughout life is, you know, it's a mistake when it happens the first time. If it happens the second time, you obviously didn't learn your lesson and now you have learned your lesson. Um, and as many a TikTok creator, uh, is famous for saying do better <laughs> if you know better, do better. So, um, you know, thank you for sharing your story. Cause I think it is important for people to hear that, like stuff like this does happen and there are ways to live around it. And yes, it's not necessarily the best way or the most comfortable way, because as you've shared with me, it's hard to go on vacation and, and things like that because the dogs are so reactive towards each other. Um, but things do get better. It is a workable situation. Um, I'm so looking forward to when I can come out and help you. Um, help you out with the, with the pack. And I'm looking forward to meeting all of the dogs. Um, but that about wraps up our time for this episode. So, um, Laura, thank you again for being on the podcast. Can you tell people where to find you or anything you want to plug?
2: Yeah, so thank you for having me on and listening about all my tales about me and my crazy dogs. But when I say crazy dogs, I'm really talking about me, aren't I? Because we're just after talking that our dogs are a reflection of us. Um, (laughs) But... Yeah, you can find me. So uh, Mary mentioned in the intro that I'm a mindset and manifesting coach. And so you, I have a business called So Lovely, S-O-L-O-V-E-L-E-E. And I recently just launched a mini course and I'm getting ready to launch a full course. Um, so I will give Mary all the details and she could put them in the show notes. But if you just Google search So Lovely or you can find me on Instagram on Laura.lanigan.sll. Or you can find me on my podcast at the So Lovely Podcast. So yeah, go check it out.
1: Thank you so much again, Laura, for being with us. Thank you to Andrew Belisi for editing this podcast. And thank you to you, our listeners, because without you, this podcast wouldn't be what it is. Um, Once again, I would like to remind you that if you like this kind of content, please give us that feedback. I'm looking at making this a more regular format of the podcast. And I would love to know any thoughts or reactions that you have to today's episode. So please reach out via social media or email. All of the socials and email options are linked in the show notes. And I will see you all next week. Bye. Bye.
0: Thanks for being with us this week. If you'd like to keep up with the latest, please follow us on Instagram at Heart of the Dog Podcast. If you'd like to get involved in the community, please check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash Heart of the Dog Podcast. And if you have any questions you'd like answered or topic suggestions, please email heart of the Dog Pod at gmail.com. Please check out the show notes for any resources that may have sparked your interest, and finally, If you enjoy this podcast as much as you enjoy your dogs, please rate and review so that other members of the pack can find us and please share with a friend or loved one.